Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light and there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning on the first day. Then he created the oceans and seas, the produce and vegetation took root with fresh seas. What a beautiful creation. But there was still something missing, you and me. God created mankind with companionship in mind. He created Adam and Eve, gave them dominion over everything except one thing, except one tree. Now some want to blame what happens next on Adam. Some want to put it on Eve. I'm not here to argue your theology or disagree with whatever view you see. Because one thing I know is we all have to agree on the fact that sin crept into the world after they bit the apple from the tree. It was more than just curiosity. It was disobedience to the creator. Darkness and evil overtook the world from equator to equator. Heartlessness and hopelessness. Anger and brokenness. But we serve a God with all of his love and graciousness. He knew he would never leave us or forsake us. He is a God of faithfulness and we are his children. He loves us a billion times a billion, but what he would bring to the world next to restore his original plan was a man that would leave the world in all of his brilliance. That's where we get Christmas. An angel of God appeared and impregnated a virgin who would deliver a little boy with a purpose to live a life that was perfect so he could save mankind even though we are all undeserving. This sweet boy rode in on a donkey when he was born and because he entered into the world so lowly and poor he was questioned over and over if he was truly the savior, the light, the king of kings, the lord of lords. He did miracles that no one has ever seen before. Spent 40 days in the desert with the serpent and still didn't give in to temptation because he was confident in his mission to remain perfect, to fulfill his purpose, and that was to shine the light and give us power over darkness that was lurking to connect us with the Father and carry our burdens. His words before he fully went through with this calling was him in a garden saying, thy will be done. God seen you and me is worth it because his son died a painful death before his physical body left the earth's surface. I get chills when I hear this story. It doesn't matter how many times I have heard it. His name is Jesus. He went to hell and stole the keys so that we and all of our foolishness can have a relationship with G-O-D so we can be set free. I didn't write this or recite this so you can give hand claps to me, but so you can see our God and be in awe of his sovereignty and creativity. And since the beginning of time, he never gave up on having a relationship with you and me. Darkness started in the Garden of Eden, but the talks of its remedy took place in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now finally, once again and for eternity, because of the birth of our Savior and King, there is a light that shines in the darkness. That light is Jesus in you and in me. There is a Yeah. 
up on your feet with us this morning. We didn't come here to wait. We came here to jump right in and celebrate the birth of the Savior. Anybody excited about that this morning?
clap offering. Hallelujah. Hey, come on and put your hands together and help us celebrate the Savior this morning. Come on. Born unto us this day, a Savior. Gifted from heaven to a manger. Hope for the world alive to all mankind. Oh, all of the earth rejoice. It's Christmas time. So lift up your voice and sing out his praise. It's Christmas, for it's the King rejoice in the day. It's Christmas, make a joyful sound. It's Christmas, let his praise resound. It's Christmas. Goodwill to all the earth and peace divine. All of the earth rejoice, it's Christmas time. Up us sing it. It's Christmas time. Come on. So lift up your voice and sing out his praise. It's Christmas, but is the king rejoice in the day. It's Christmas, make a joyful sound. It's Christmas, let his praise resound. It's Christmas, so lift up your voice and So lift up your voice and sing out his praise. It's Christmas, Lord is the King, rejoice in the day. It's Christmas, make a joyful sound. It's Christmas, let his praise resound. It's Christmas. Bum, bum. A 
Christmas. Don't you just love Christmas? I mean, there's something about Christmas that just brings out the best in everyone. I mean, any time of the year when you go and the lines are long and the traffic is bumper to bumper and people are fighting over parking places and at Christmas everybody's like, no, after you. No, I insist. No, you go. No, you, you have this place. 
Any other time of the year, they'd be telling you number one. But this time of the year, everybody smiles. People ring the bell. I mean, if you ring that bell in July when it's hot, people are like, will you please quit ringing that stupid bell? But at Christmas, we go to the bell and we give. And just we open up our heart. It's like there's something about Christmas that really opens our spirit up, opens our mind up, opens us up to say, you know what? I just need to be a little nicer. I need a smile. And I, who can I help this Christmas? And we see neighbors looking after neighbors. And we see friends looking after friends. And people trying to help those who maybe are in need. It's just something. I mean, giving spikes up. There's more giving to charities in the month of December than the total throughout the year. It just sparks something within us. So Christmas is a holiday where you love to see the lights and you love to play the Christmas music. Some of you have been playing Christmas music since the weekend before Thanksgiving. We have any of those people in the house? All right. Who had the tree up before Thanksgiving? Anybody here? Overachievers? We don't like you. Really, we don't. But there's something that just pulls the best out of us. But if we're really, really, really honest, we could talk about that Christmas for a lot of people is really not that joyful. For a lot of people, Christmas can be very painful. Maybe it's the remembrance of a loved one close who's no longer with you. Maybe it's the remembrance of a childhood that was not filled with good memories. Maybe it's the remembrance of a relationship gone bad and the thought of being alone at Christmas can ultimately multiply during this time of the year. And so even though we smile and we give, if we could really look down deep within our spirit, many people are not that happy. But this is the great news of Christmas. That when the angels came and said, Mary appeared to the Virgin Mary. Remember that? It said, Mary, you are highly favored. You blessed one. Why is that? Because you're pregnant. I mean, think about how she took that. All right, I'm a virgin, and I'm pregnant, and yet I'm highly favored and blessed. So what are you talking about? No, no, no. See, Mary, you don't realize, the angel says, because you are going to carry the Messiah. His name shall be called Jesus. And she begins to say the prophecy is being fulfilled within you, Mary. The prophecy that's been talked about of the king returning, of the Messiah. It's going to come through you, Mary. And then Mary hears the promise of God. She gets excited. All until her boyfriend finds out. Her fiancé, Joseph. And Joseph's like, time out, Mary. You're a virgin. And now you're telling me that you're pregnant by the Holy Spirit? Sure. So Joseph begins to reject God's plan because he doesn't understand at the time it's God's plan. And Joseph begins to reject her. Now, the great story about Joseph is this, that the word says that when Joseph found out that he could have publicly shamed her, but he didn't do it publicly, that he had planned to do it privately to separate their relationship. 
But can you imagine the turmoil going inside of her heart? Can you imagine the turmoil going inside the young girl's heart as she's carrying the greatest gift from God, but at the same time, the man she loves is rejecting her. God, this is your plan. God, this is your plan to save mankind, but it's ruining my plan. You see, because up until this time, there was a 400-year window when God didn't speak. He didn't speak through the prophets, and we had just came through a 400-year window where God was being silent. And so can you imagine the nation of Israel? Can you imagine the people of God? God, when are you going to talk again? God, when are you going to send a Messiah? God, are you really there? So the whole nation's crying out. God, will you just say something to us? God, will you just speak to us? God, we're losing hope. And I can imagine Mary was having the same emotions. God, I know it's your will, but God, I, I don't know. God, you're going to have to speak to me because everybody's ridiculing me. Everybody, no one believes me. My fiance is going to leave me. God, you better speak. God, you better speak up. Have you ever been there? God, I just need to hear from you. Say something to me, God. Say something, I'm giving up on you. I'll be the one if you want me to.
See, even in the middle of our darkest hour, this is the story of Christmas. So why not Mary feel anxiety? Why not Mary feel afraid? Why not Mary say, God, is this really your plan? Because ultimately, this is what you and I are still asking today. God, what is your plan? God, what is your will? I love the fact that God shows up to Mary calms her, even when nobody else really understands the plan. Not only her, but it says that he appeared, the angels appeared to the shepherds on the hill in the middle of the night. You see, sometimes it's the very darkest when God appears to us. Sometimes when it's the very darkest, God speaks to us. Sometimes in the very darkest moment of our life, when we thank God, are you really hearing me? He does. And he speaks very clearly. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news. What's the good news? That unto you this day, a Savior has come. The Messiah. His name is Jesus. He's the wonderful counselor. The Prince of Peace. Unto you this day, the good news is that in the middle of your deepest fear, in the middle of your darkest season, in the middle of the darkest time of your life, God still calls out to you and he calls out to me and he says, peace 
I bring to you. See, this is the good news of Christmas. That the baby came. He came in a way that was full of scandal. I love that. That he came in a way that was full of scandals. Sure, Mary and Joseph are going to have a baby. And it's the Holy Spirit's, right? No one believed that story. Nobody but Joseph and Mary who had experienced the angel speaking to them personally. Everybody else was ridiculing. Everybody else says these kids are in denial. These kids are trying to use God as the excuse that they made a mistake. So they go through being talked about, misunderstood, rumors going throughout the land. But God shows up. See, God shows up in the middle of that. God shows up in the middle of that if we'll just trust him. God, you got a plan. You're going to have to make Joseph understand. God appears to Joseph. And everywhere they go, they can't find room for the baby to be born. God provides. It's not our plan, but it's God's plan. The people who need to find him, God sends them to find him. The wise men find him and take another path away. Not telling Herod where he was in protection of his little life. This baby grows up, and can you imagine the struggle? Here he is fully God, but yet fully man. So he's the little brother who's being picked on, like all the other little brothers in the world. But yet, he's got to take it as a little boy, but inside he knows his destiny is, he could call down to 10,000 angels and say, listen, big brother, let me tell you something. You're messing with the wrong dude. You guys are skipping rocks on the water. I can walk on water. Mike dropped. I mean, can, can you imagine? I mean, I love it that his first miracle was turning the water into wine when his mom said, you just do what he says. It's your time. How does she know he could do that if he had to make a little Kool-Aid at home when she was out? I'm just wondering. Just my opinion, okay? The struggle is real because here he is fully God but yet fully man. And we see him being grown, and he's struggled with his whole time. Because here he is, stepping into his public ministry as a grown man, and yet the people are still rejecting him. Oh, no, no, you're the carpenter's son. This is the same guy that installed our cabinets. And now he's calling himself the Messiah. Boy, those people are delusional. The rejection that he faced among his own people. When he tried to do public ministry in his own hometown, he says that he, he could hardly do anything there because no one believed him. Didn't have faith and he had to just leave that place. Just healing, just a few minor healings and just left because he was received with no honor. The struggle was real. And even in the garden, remember in the garden, when Jesus goes and he finds himself coming face to face with the reality, even though he knows God's plan, it's for him to be born in the manger, to grow up the son of a carpenter, and then to walk and call disciples and begin to walk in public ministry, doing healings, teaching the New Testament gospel of grace, and teaching all this. But yet, when it comes right down to the hour, when he knows the hour is at hand for the soldiers to come and to take him away, when the hour is at hand for him to be chained up and to be beat 
and to be nailed to the cross. When the hour is at hand, we find him praying in the garden, just like you and I, saying, Father, is there another way? God, is, is there another path? See, sometimes what God asks us to do is painful. Sometimes what he asks us to do is not easy. It wasn't easy for Jesus, and he was fully God, but yet fully man. And the man's side was struggling with the will of the Father. But in his struggle, we see him still saying these words. Father, not my will, but let your will be done. See, it's, it's the place where you and I have got to come to. It's the place where you and I have got to make a decision that when it comes down to it, am I going to do what I think is best for my life? Or am I going to surrender my life to the Savior and say, Father, not my will be done, but let your will be done. Let it be so. Let it be so. Let it be. 
night is cloudy There is still a light that shines on me Shine until tomorrow Let it be I wake up to the sound of worship An angel comes to me Speaking words of wisdom Let it be Let it be When Jesus said those words, he was coming into agreement with saying, Father, your will, let it be done. Why is that significant for you and I? Because see, what he was saying, let it be, was that his sacrifice, that the baby who was born in the manger, his sacrifice would be one that would grow up. He would give us life on the cross for you and I. Why? So that you and I could experience the grace that only comes through our Father. You see, you and I, the scripture says, have all fallen short. You and I have all fallen short of God's glory. None of us are perfect. Starting with me and with all of us in the room, none of us are perfect. But what we have today, when you accept the gift of Christmas was this. I accept that the baby came, God's only son. He grew as a man, willingly gave his life, that you and I could experience the grace that comes from the cross. What's the grace of the cross? It's simply this, that he who knew no sin, the son of God, he, the one person who was fully man but fully God, knew no sin. He took the weight of the world the weight of sin to the cross. And he, he gave himself up as the price for you and I. That you and I could experience what the Bible calls God's grace. That he calls us now, when you accept what his son did on the cross, that we can now walk in the grace of the Father. That he calls us redeemed. He calls us child of God. He calls us sons and daughters of the King. How can that be? We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. It's the greatest gift ever given to us, but we must unwrap it. We must accept it. It's the gift of grace. You see, because the Bible says that who receives the grace of the cross, that the Father looks at that person and gives to them everything that was in Jesus' account has now been accounted to our account. Redemption, favor, right standing with God. And it says he took in our account and he put it in his son's account, Jesus, the sin of the world. You who blew it, we who've made big mistakes, we who've done terrible things in our life, 
Because of God's grace, he's taken that sin, put it in Jesus' account, and he takes the redemption, forgiveness, and puts it in our account. That's the beauty of Christmas. And this child came. This child came not only to teach the truth of the gospel, but to give us life. Oh, this wasn't any child. This child came as a son of God to give his life so that you and I could experience the grace. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping who angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch our keeping this this is Christ the King whom shepherds guard and Your baby boy would save our son. 
This is really the true story of Christmas. That this child came to bring redemption to us, grace to us through the power of the cross. And I love the fact that 
when Jesus came, that he was born in a manger outside under a little cliff somewhere because there was no room for him. You say, Pastor, you know, why is that? Because, see, many people in the world at that time were waiting for this political king to come back, and they expected him to come back with golden king chariots, the sky splitting open, and the angels carrying this new king of kings and lord of lords, and he was going to bring a new rule. They were looking for a political king, not realizing the prophecy was about a messiah who would come for you and I. You see, because the reason why this is so important is that you and I, let's be real, we can't relate to palaces. That's something for TV. That's something for people who, who live in a place that, you know, chariots and they're untouchable. That's all fantasy land. But the everyday struggle you and I have has nothing to do with the palace. See, we can relate to what it means to be misunderstood. We can relate to having people talking about us. We can relate to people not believing you. We can relate to people rejecting you. We can relate to not having a place for your family. We can relate to struggling to provide shelter and food for your family. We can relate to those things. We can't relate to the palace. See, he came in a way that was so perfect that he could relate to you and I. And he grew his life, taught the New Testament, which is that the Father has sent a new way. It's about loving God with all your heart. It's not about a list of rules of do's and don'ts. It's about loving God with all of your heart and learning to love your neighbor as yourself. It's the New Testament gospel that all who believe on the Messiah, all who believe in the power of the cross could walk in redemption. You see, just as Jesus struggled in the garden with the will of the Father, Mary had to struggle just as well. You're wanting to use me to bring the Savior of the world, but people aren't going to understand this. I'm a virgin, but yet you're saying the Holy Spirit's going to plant the seed inside me. Will my fiance understand? Will my family believe me? What are people going to say about me? It says that she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who at the time was six months pregnant with John the Baptist. It says that when she walked into the room that the baby and Elizabeth, little John the Baptist, long before he was prophesying, he became the first holy roller because he did a flip in the belly of his mom. He sensed that the Holy Spirit was up to something. He sensed the child of God when it was just a seed in the womb of his mother. And she begins to tell Elizabeth, who was the only one who would believe it because she had also been prophesied about. Her son was also prophesied about. And she made the song of her heart. And she said the song of her heart was this. Before anybody, before Joseph understood before her family believed it, before the wise men ever came to confirm it, before the shepherds ever came to confirm it. She believed it. And she said, God, not my will, but yours be done. God, I am saying right now that, Father, no matter what your plan is, it's well within me. 
It's well within my soul. Because see, that's the thing that you and I have got to realize this Christmas, that nothing else will bring happiness. Nothing else will bring fulfillment. Not titles, not promotions, not raises, not money, not houses, not relationships. Nothing will ever bring fulfillment in your heart of hearts until you surrender your life to the Savior. Can you pray this prayer today that says, It is well.
As you're being seated, and I want you just to bow your heads, and I want you to ask yourself that question today. Can I really say it's well within my soul? Can I honestly answer that question inside my heart today to say things are well? I've been looking to solve my own problems. I've been looking to provide my own answers. And today, I just need to look at the gift of Christmas, that the Savior came to bring peace on earth, peace in my heart, to bring me into right standing with God, that I could walk in the same thing that you guys are singing about today, about surrendering your will to the Father, about surrendering your heart to the Father. The Bible says if we'll just believe in him, we confess with our mouth that he is Lord, that we enter into the relationship, the covenant we've been talking about, that grace today. And as you bow your heads, I'm going to ask you during the most important decision of your life today, it's simply this, today, with nobody looking but me, and we won't do anything here to call you out or to single you out or embarrass you, I promise you. But we want to make sure you have a chance to respond to the most important message of Christmas, which is this. Have you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Today, if you say, Pastor, I, I need to do that. I need to accept Jesus. I need to accept that he is the Messiah and accept today that he died on the cross for my sins. I need to... Ask him to be Lord of my life. But nobody looking at me. Can you just raise your hand where I can see it right now? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Anybody else today want to join these? Yeah. Just raise it right now where I can see it. If you've raised your hand, I want you to put it down. Thank you. A lot of hands going across, up across the room today. I want to give you one more chance today. If you haven't raised your hand yet, and you say, Pastor, I really need to do that. Today's my day. This Christmas will be a Christmas I'll never forget because this is the Christmas that gave my life to Jesus. If you haven't raised it yet, I want you to raise it right now. Raise it right now where I can see it. Yeah, I see those hands in the back. Yeah, I see those guys. Thank you. This is what we're going to do. We're going to say a prayer together. I'm going to say it, and I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. As Christians around you, we'll say it out loud with you to help you along, okay? But let's say the most important words you could ever say in your life. Say, Dear Jesus, I give you all of my life. I surrender my will to yours. I believe you are the Messiah. God's only son. I believe you died on the cross. You were raised from the dead. And I will live the rest of my life following after you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we say welcome to the family of God. Come on, give a big hand. See, this is why we do it. This is why we, we do what we do, because we want to make sure you have a chance today to make the most important decision. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, let me remind you that this is just the start of a new beginning for your journey. You need to have a home church. If you have a home church, go back and tell somebody, man, I gave my life to Christ. What do I need to do next? If you don't have a home church, you're more than welcome to come here. We'd love to have you. Like surround yourself with people who can love you, who can help you along the way, because you're going to need that, okay? Surround yourself with strong people around you who can help support you in your new decision to follow after Christ. If you prayed that prayer today, before you leave, we'll invite you to stop by our Welcome Center and tell them, hey, I 
gave my heart to Jesus. I'm going to have a free Bible for you inside there. There's some other information we'd love to give you on what to do next. That's our free gift to you today. But how many know today, as we end this sound of Christmas, that it's only the beginning? That you and I are carriers now of the truth. We're carriers of the gospel. We're, we're carriers of John 3.16, as we talked about last week. That we bring that message of hope. We have the message of healing and hope to bring to the world. It's our job now to be his hands and feet. And it simply comes, you've heard this theme throughout this whole service today, with surrendering your will to the Father's. How do you do that? When you say, there is no other name except for your name. There is no other name. Yeah. There's no other name higher than the name Jesus. No other name given among men except for the name Jesus. He is wonderful counselor, mighty God, the Prince of Peace. He is the Savior of the world today. Don't forget, this is not about Santa Claus. This is not about happy holidays. This is about that over 2,016 years ago, a man came. So important that it changed the way we keep time. It changes the way we keep our dates. It changes the way we keep our official government documents. Why? Because something happened that was so significant. What was it? The Messiah came. No other name is greater than the name Jesus.
face. His face shines brighter than the sun. Come on, let's sing it out. His grace. His grace as boundless as His love. Come on, let's lift up from our heart. Sing it. He reigns. He reigns. Christ, 
If that's you, lift up a shout of praise in this place. Come on, sing it. The earth. The earth will stand. turn around and wave of all the sound guys, the lighting crew, and the video crew until they did a great job. Thank you, guys. Can you let the band know how good they did today? Let the band know. We appreciate them. Let all of our vocalists, our dancers, and our singers give a big hand. Come on. Let them know you appreciate them. Now, let's give the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords one more big hand clap of praise. God bless you. You guys have a great, great Christmas.